0: Section 7 of The Maxims of Methuselah. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by William Jones, Benita Springs, Florida. The Maxims of Methuselah by Gillette Burgess. Chapter 13 Hear Now My Word and listen to my instruction that thou be not fool of the woman who seeketh to ensnare thee for her ways are plain unto me and by many defeats have i won victory over her for in my youth i had experience of the women of mesopotamia and of ethiopia and assyria and havilah and of the countries by the euphrates and they taught me their lore yea one woman told of another AND CONFESSED HER SECRET HEART, AND ON MY TABLETS WROTE I DOWN THEIR SAYINGS. MY SON, KEEP MY WORDS, AND LAY UP MY COMMANDMENTS WITH THEE, THAT THEY MAY KEEP THEE FROM HER WHO FLATTERETH THEE WITH HONEYED WORDS. FOR LO, THIS IS HER CUNNING, AND BY THESE CRAFTS DOTH SHE PRACTICE UPON THEE, WHEN SHE WOULD BIND THEE TO HER SIDE FOR EVER ay though she be innocent of guile yet hath she her system and it shall not fail behold from my window i have regarded her and i have beheld her ways how she compasseth the fascination of the simple ones from her first move unto the end of the game have i watched her out of mine eye and this is the manner of her doing she hath met him in a company of youths in the green fields and she hath espied her quarry she hath determined to capture him and he is already lost she establisheth a personal relation she hath made him to notice her from amongst the others she hath asked him to carry her coat she hath put her purse into his pocket and he doeth her service. Beth, she establisheth proximity, and of propinquity she hath made her use. She hath entreated him to tie her shoe, she hath decorated his buttonhole, and her breath is in his face. Gemma, she hath awakened his protection, she hath shown her alarms that he might comfort her, For the dog that barketh, and the cow with horns, They have provoked her fears. And lo, he is mighty, and stilleth her fears. She hath taken his arm. From a high place he hath lifted her down, Even from the stone wall hath he lifted her, And she marveleth at his strength. Daleth. She hath achieved a tête-à-tête, and she hath told him her confidence she hath poured out her heart saying i know not why i tell thee this for i have never told it before but surely thou understandest me and i can trust thee always Hey, behold he hath called for the third time and she saith lo i have missed thee and all day yesterday thou wert in my mind FOR I HAD DIVERSE THINGS TO SAY TO THEE, AND WHEN HE GOETH, SHE SAITH, WHEN SHALL I SEE THEE AGAIN? VOW, SHE ESTABLISHETH A SECRET UNION BETWEEN THEM, AND IN THE COMPANY OF STRANGERS SHE SAITH UNTO HIM SECRET WORDS, SHE REFERRETH TO UNTELLABLE THINGS, SHE BUILDETH UP A PAST, AND USETH IT she giveth him a pet name she signeth her letters the princess in the magic tower zane she desireth to be treated as a man she yearneth for the simple relationship of a comrade saying lo how i trust thee for thou hast not regarded me merely as a woman thou hast not made up to me yet doeth she the feminine and helpless always she confesseth her weakness and extoleth his strength she laugheth in her sleeve jeth she sheweth an interest in all things which concern him of his doings at the office she inquireth and of his comings and goings she displayeth concern saying and how was old jones to-day did he trouble thee and of that new customer in peru hast thou heard aught she readeth the books he readeth she consulteth the newspapers that she may discuss with him and he saith lo i have read that book which thou mentionedest and i agree with thee perfectly thou art right concerning it teth she getteth him into the kitchen he openeth beer and sardines in the evening she bindeth an apron about him and she sitteth upon the wash-tubs. On the table she swingeth her silk stockings. She standeth beside him when he openeth cases, when he putteth up her shelf, she handeth him the hammer and the nails. She smileth upon him. Jod. She asketh for his photograph. I, for the photograph when he was a babe, she manifesteth envy, she stealeth it from him. She admireth his shoulders, she saith, Lo, what a stunning profile thou hast! Thy mouth is firm, behold, thou art distinguished. She inquireth of his mother and his aunt Jane, and his little nephew, and all that are within his gates. Calf She attempteth his reform she showeth an interest in his health saying lo i know well that it harmeth thee to inhale cigarettes why wilt thou not regard thy health for my sake be careful for if aught afflicted thee then would my heart be bowed down yet it is not meet that i should stand between thee and thy pleasures for i know not the ways of men nor of their needs far be it from me to restrict thee in thy enjoyment yet i beseech thee to wear rubbers and warm underwear thou must not neglect for thou must preserve thy strength and beauty lamed now seeth she his bachelor apartments where he taketh his ease and she marvelleth at a man's liberty and freedom until she saith lo would that i were a man also and not a woman for thy freedom maketh me to envy thee yet who doeth thy mending and thy clean linen who is there that layeth it out who cleaneth up thy room who attendeth to thee when thou art sick who holdeth thy hand and smoothest thy pillow for it maketh me to fear for thee promise me therefore that when thou art stricken thou wilt send for me that i and my sister may visit thee and do what shall be necessary for thy comfort and we shall come gladly and in her own house she sheweth him the contrast she maketh him to be easy in mind and in body she waiteth upon him with smiles she adjusteth the sofa pillow she placeth his smoking materials at his hand She screeneth the light with a red shade, She giveth deft touches. And she saith, Lo, how lovely to be a man! Would that I were free also, That I might come and go unquestioned. I abhor the feminine touch, And men's simple taste, lo, I admire it. Yea, put thy feet upon the couch, And be comfortable. Strew thine ashes where thou wilt, for it will keep the moths from the rug and the fool thinketh in his heart would to god i had this comfort always and my belongings ever ready at my hand verily it would be pleasant to be married and a wife is a desirable thing mim she deferreth to his taste yea she maketh him to go with her when she selecteth her hat and that which she wisheth she forceth him to choose for her she heedeth his words of praise concerning her attire and the gown he doth not approve of she will not wear before him she flattereth his neckties she calleth his cufflings good none she provoketh a quarrel yea out of thin air she createth strife and disputeth with him and when he is heated, then doth she humble herself, saying, Lo, thou art right, let me grovel before thee. Accept my apology, O Lord, for I am as nothing in thy sight. Upon her eyelash the teardrop trembleth, Her lips are lovely with quivering, yet doth she not weep, Nor do her eyes grow red for there she draweth the line. She knoweth that she would be ill-favoured, and it would avail her nothing. Samech. She asketh his advice, and she pretendeth to take it. She steereth him cunningly, saying, Lo, I am so impractical, but thou hast experience. Men and life are known unto thee. Thou hast understanding but i am helpless in mine ignorance and in matters of business i know nothing counsel thou me and when he hath spoken words of wisdom she saith lo how thou hast opened me what would i do without thee Ein. she boasteth of her happiness and the simplicity of her relations with him saying lo I am a bachelor maid, I desire not to marry, I am contented, and a husband is not necessary unto me. P. When he feeleth safe concerning her, when he looketh upon her as his property, when he monopolizeth her easily without promise of marriage, then he hath grown contented then she springeth another man upon him she dallieth with the handsome stranger she is seen in the company of callow youths yet doth she watch him privily and her sisters tell her concerning him Tzadi. she disappointeth him upon occasion he calleth and she is out he cannot understand it and his heart is oppressed and when she cometh she saith BEHOLD, I WAS DETAINED, I SIMPLY TORE TO GET HERE, YET IT WAS IMPOSSIBLE. I GRIEVE FOR THEE, FOR I DID MARVELS THAT I MIGHT REACH THEE IN TIME. Kopf, SHE COMMITTETH AN INDISCRETION THAT IT MAY BIND THEM PRIVILY TOGETHER. SHE RELIETH UPON HIS HONOR, SHE IS AT HIS MERCY AND IS FEARFUL. Resh SHE PROVOKETH A STRUGGLE and he snatcheth at her fiercely and she saith lo i thought that thou wert a gentleman how darest thou impute such and such to me what cause have i given thee she accepteth his apology chin she interesteth herself in the women he hath known lo she praiseth them mightily extolling his discernment she displayeth magnanimity and forgiveth him all things. Yet when she is sure of him, she pretendeth to be jealous. She accuseth him unjustly, making a mock of his friends. Yea, she leadeth him a life. Now summoneth she him to her abode for his finish. Her way is prepared and the end is come she springeth her last trick upon him saying verily verily mine heart is trouble and i need thine advice thou art mine only friend lo i am invited to visit mine uncle in california for six months and i know not whether to go or not and he persuadeth her not to go he proposeth to her and she accepteth him Give her then the fruits of her hands, and let her own works praise her; for she hath gotten her will and brought him to submission. End of section seven.